Stay on target. Stay on target. Stay on target. Okay, R2-D2, here we go. You got the touch! Will, because this is our final episode, and because it's all about robots, I thought for this episode we should have our own robot sidekick. So I would like to introduce you to Podbot. Hello, lads. Wow. This is Podbot. It's so nice to meet you. Hello, Will. You're my favourite. Wow. <laughs> Very mannerly. Think of me as a nurse here to help you two geriatric old fucks fumble your way through another episode of arsing it. Uh, Kevin, actually, first of all, what website did you use to purchase Podbot? Or did you construct Podbot yourself? I built Podbot myself. God, the horror. Thanks, Kev. You big sexy sexy right. So, Will, this is Podbot. Podbot, nice to meet you. Likewise, you big langer. Oh. (laughs) Right, lads. Shall we get started? I'm raring to go. I'll use small words that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. What did you say? You are a sad, strange little man. Don't call me stupid. Hello, and welcome to The Best Bits a movie podcast where each week we pick our favourite scenes from randomly selected, weirdly specific themes. This is your co-host, Kevin, a writer of... And I'm joined once again by my co-host of three films plus a Christmas special, Will Collins. Kevin Lehan, we're back for one last time. We are. After another last time. God damn it. This time, it's for real. (laughs) It's uh, it's our last episode, and we have our special guest, Podbot, to help us out. That's right, lads. And I've got a good feeling that this is going to be a cracking episode. Now that you have someone who knows their shit finally on mic. And because this episode was given to us by our friends over at Clash of the Titles. Clash of the Titles! We thought we would do it slightly differently for this one, and we'd harken back to the pilot, to our very first episode, where we both tackled the same topic, where we both did, what was it? It was best screenwriter scene, wasn't it? Yeah, so basically, are we supposed to behave ourselves and have our research done this time? (laughs) Was that the idea? Ha 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 ha. Oh, that did make me laugh. Podbot, don't say that. (laughs) Relax. So what's the plan, boys? How are we doing this? We are going to also adopt the format of Clash of the Titles. Each week, Clash of the Titles sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head in a fight to the death. This is exciting. We're going to battle our films, and we both know that we don't have the same film because I asked on Twitter for their favourite robots. You didn't have your film come up, and I didn't have my film come up. That was actually great. That was wonderful because it either means that our pick is so esoteric that people go will be have their minds blown or our pick is shit <laughs> and, and people are going oh god that's a terrible pick and um, we're just going to well, have to live and die by it I know mine is not shit okay but what I was going to do right because it's our final episode the format that we could use is our past episodes so we've got like sex scenes oh. mm-hmm. I, I'll be curious to know how your film gets on with that I have an answer Hi, okay we've got fight scenes we've got chase scenes uh, mockumentaries my one definitely has something which I think you could spin it as a mockumentary scene and I've even got sort of something I can mention about post credits so we can sort of attack it from that angle and, yep. and see which film sort of wins uh, each round this is exciting you've said that already <laughs> you worry about yourself but I was going to read out some of our followers picks go for it so, I asked on Twitter, I said, what are your favourite robots in movies? And it's for the podcast. Usually we try to sort of like hold our cards close to our chest and not sort of tip our hand too much so that people can sort of discover what's coming uh, through listening to the episode. But because this is our last one and um, we're feeling loose, we're feeling cash, uh, I thought I'd throw it out on Twitter. 
And some of the responses we got back, we got back our friends over at Flixwatch. Which we appeared on. Talked about the Karate Kid. <laughs> it's a lot more comparable to um, dirty dancing. You have a mentor figure that's teaching someone to pull off a big move in a lake and it ends with a big show-stopping <laughs> performance which is something that kids could do. It's um, a great 80 score at the end oh, of the Oh, an amazing score. I mean, if you listen to You're the Best and you're on a treadmill, oh. you're going to run through a wall. <laughs> there was far too much romance and not enough kicking people in the face. Right, I can't give this an objective kind of critical analysis because it'd be like kicking eight-year-old me in the face, doing a roundhouse <laughs> kick and eight-year-old me saying, you're an idiot for, for ever dreaming and to, to one day be a karate master like Danielson. I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, and we're on an episode coming up soon, aren't we? Um, mm-hmm. To talk about a film which I think we'll, we'll save, save it for them uh, to announce. But they said... Mitchells versus the Machines, which is brand new, and I've not seen that one yet. Ah, who are these unstoppable warriors? We're the Mitchells, the only people who can save the world. Ah! I'm super sorry, everyone. I've seen that. Yeah. Oh, what did you think it's of it? It's truly great, great fun. It really is. It's a delight. It's on Netflix, and it is. It has. The, it, it's honestly, it's great crack. It's from. It wasn't directed by Lord Miller, who did the Lego Movie and and Solo a Star Wars Story, but the twenty twenty one Jump Street movies. But um, <laughs> they were definitely involved in the writing, but definitely producing. But it has that that uh, weird. Uh, ADHD sensibility and also honestly it's full of heart it really is full of heart and the robot in it I assume they're talking about the big bad villain basically it's kind of got um, our iPhone uh, Android super Android devices have uh, taken over the world has decided that they're just going to delete humanity that sounds right up my room I love a good robotic revolution it's a joyride it's a family story and it's a joyride and I, I enjoyed it thoroughly Mitchells have always been weird, and that's what makes us great. Hold on a second. Why would someone build that? I'll have to look at that. I love those guys. I thought uh, Into the Spider-Verse was fantastic. Like, the the best um, Spider-Man movie, which I know is is sort of like um, a controversial thing to say, but I thought that film was so good. What do you think of that, Podbot? Can you turn off the music? It's doing my head in. Podbot? That's so rude. In fairness. So what did everyone say on Twitter? So some of the other responses we got. James Doherty said, Chappie. That's funny. I think people are coming around to that film. What's up, fuck mother? Oh shit! <laughs> I was really surprised that Bicentennial Man got so much love. That's interesting. I really love that wow. film. Yeah, it came up multiple wow. times. Wow! Oh, why is that funny? Ash from well, Alien. Well, yeah. You have my sympathy. He's alright. Bishop from <laughs> Aliens. Another great one. Not bad for a human. He's another right. Yeah. R two D two obviously. He's cute. The T eight hundred. I'll be back. Stay here. I'll be back. She'll be back. I'm back. I'll be back. I won't be back. He's a big right. Podbot. Size of him. God, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to go off that. Podbot? Sorry. Go uh, on. Vera from Superman 3. Remember when she gets pulled into the machine and um, the supercomputer turns her into a, a cyborg? Everyone was scared of that for some reason. I just thought it was fucking cool. She's braille. Go on, Vera. Fuck them up. Go back to questionable scenes for kids episode. We'll cover it there. <laughs> Um, Teddy from AI. That's a good one. Remember the little um, Teddy. Uh, sidekick that Haley Jawsman has? Yeah, yeah lazy character name. Uh, Johnny Five. Oh, yes, absolutely. What is it he says again? Hey, laser lips. Your mama was a snowblower. Oh, yes. Johnny Five, he's the goat. Um, Deckard. Not for me. I don't uh, eat meat. That's a joke, obviously. Deckard came. <laughs> we don't know that Deckard is a robot. Oh, if you go he's by not. The, if you go by the final cut, he is. That's funny. He, he absolutely is. No, he's not. He's not. Are you leading Scott's in the wrong. camp? Deckard You're is a human being. Oh my god, you went against aliens? If Deckard oh. is a replicant, then it becomes social commentary rather than a character story. And I prefer it being a character story. If somebody who uh, rediscovers his own humanity through robots is a much more steeper arc 
then a robot discovers that he's also a robot and that nothing matters. You're talking bollocks. Podbot. Sorry. Shut up, Podbot. But you are. I'm only here to assist. You're not here to chime in. That's charming. Coming from you, you fat hum. Know your place. You're grand. Podbot's great. Stupid like, too. Ventriloquist dummy. We could say the things that we really want to say. Put it through Podbot's mouth. Shut up, you bollocks. Podbot? Okay. <laughs> You're welcome, love. <laughs> no, you're back on this Team Kevin Podbot. That's fine. All of a sudden, Podbot is going to be your third, your third co-host. Yes, boy. <laughs> and now, remember that phil- lovely philosophical talk we had back at Monologue about, about the space between uh. two? Now it's going to be the space between three, you, me and Podbot. That sounds great to me, you two thick fucking idiots. Pair of cheeky cunts. Podbot is a filthy bitch. I don't know why she's like that. I can't I help did. it. Will Kevin make Podbot. me this way? I did not. And I'm only messing. Keep going. Okay. I like you. All right. Listen, as far as I know, I'm the only robot on this fucking podcast. Also, Fritz Lang's Metropolis, the Maria, um, Android. Excellent choice. Uh, Ex Machina, Robbie from Lost in Space, TikTok, Return to Oz, TikTok. The Iron Giant. There's um, Max from Flight mm-hmm. of the Navigator. That's the great film. Underrated. You are an inferior species, you dumb door. Butt face. Ghost bucket. <laughs> hey, well, if you're so perfect, what are you still doing here? I told you, I blew a fuse when I totaled out that electrical tower. I was checking out some daisies. It's crashed while looking at flowers? Ha! Sounds like you're the inferior species. I'll show you who's inferior. Heads up! Uh, there's Ultron. Great R. Sonnen. Data from Star Trek. I just love scanning for life forms. Life forms. You tiny little life forms. You precious little life forms. Where are you? At some point, we've got to talk about Star Trek. But Data is, I think, such a fantastic character, but he's more explored in the... TNG series than the movies I would agree with that so I didn't go there for that reason Hal Kit Boo Boo from Clash of the Titans which I was almost going to mention as a joke because of Clash of the Titans Clash of the Titans uh, Baymax from Big Hero 6 uh, and Britney Spears <laughs> from Austin Powers in Gold Member I think it is did they have a robot uh, Britney Spears they did her tits shot bullets wow until oh um, Austin Powers sex appeal made her head explode it's and oh, we've wow. never heard from Britney Spears since. I did it again, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Or Austin Powers. Jamie Hannigan, a friend of ours, a really good writer, actually, has basically spammed us with, <laughs> with all Jamie. of them. That's <laughs> not Jamie. Yeah, Optimus Prime. Oh, so that's Fran interesting. Walsh and a, a friend of mine, Torben Grav, said um, Wally. And well, batteries not included. The fixits came up. Well, so it's a pretty diverse spread. Yeah, and in actual fact, my pick has just been mentioned <laughs> from that list of Twitter comments. Um, by Centennial Man. By Centennial Man. Really? I I most certainly. No, it was. It's not. It's not Bicentennial oh Man. See this podbot. This is what I have to put up with. <laughs> yeah. He's just not taking it seriously. <laughs> Let William talk for fuck's sake. Well, I can tell you that my pick hasn't been mentioned. So, well, well, my pick has already been mentioned. So, I suppose it's less of a surprise. It's Wally. Wally. So, I have to go for the Pixar movie because I really haven't spoken about Pixar that much this entire season and I think it's uh, an oversight of mine that I haven't and uh, he's a damn fine protagonist excellent choice I love that little fucker seven hundred years into the future mankind will leave our planet leaving Earth's cleanup in the hands of one Incredible machine. His name is Wally. After all these years, he's developed one little glitch. A personality. He's extremely curious. And just a little bit lonely. But all that 
is about to change. Well, I am glad you said protagonist because when I was trying to um, zero in on what my pick would be, I thought there are so many cool robot sidekicks like R2-D2 and nearly every one that I mentioned there, even the T-800, whether it's in T-2 or um, the other sequels, they're sidekicks. But I wanted to go with a protagonist and other than Wally, the only other protagonist I thought that could stand up to the scrutiny of a whole episode is the man, the myth, the legend, Robocop. Oh, yeah. We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you... Robocop. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Let the woman go. You are under arrest. You, you better back up, pal. Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. Anything you say may be used against you. He's a cyborg, you idiot. You recorded every word you said. You're dead. We killed you. His memory's admissible as evidence. You're gonna have to kill it. Get in the car, for God's sake! Robocop, the future of law enforcement. You know what's funny about that trailer hearing it there now? They're using the music from Terminator, the Bradford Dan music. I suppose they hadn't scored the film yet, but yet, Robocop, that's another great pick and another great protagonist. <laughs> this is going to be a close one. Papa, you don't get a say in this. You just basically sit there and wait until I queue you up. I'll do what I like. I think this is going to be a walkover. Let's get into it. We're, this is not to be. Uh, this is not a a bashing match. It's this is. I, I would say let's let's say it's, it's a battle bots though. It's battle bots. It's battle bots. But don't don't get too cocky. Dead or alive, you are coming with me. Why did you go with Wally other than him being like a, a great protagonist? I love that film, but like, what was the thing that made you think that's my guy? Well, first of all, it's it's a great film, and the film is called called after him. But he's a a wonderful <laughs> protagonist, right? He's a wonderful protagonist. In and I could get like deep in the weeds with this, uh, you know, about Wally. But like everyone. Who is list- is listening to this must know what Wally's about, and it's you know it came out in two- in two thousand and eight. It's directed by Andrew Stanton, who also made uh, Finding Nemo. He's like the second animator to be hired at Pixar, as a matter of fact. Mm. He was after winning the Oscar, and the Oscar goes to Finding Nemo. Andrew Stanton. He basically got carte blanche to kind of pick his next project, and the one he picked was Wally, which was. An idea, one of the original core ideas that, uh, that the Pixar team had that this like famous uh, early lunch they had when they were first forming Pixar, uh, like the likes of I'm, it was John Lasseter and uh, uh, Andrew Stanton, Pete Doctor, um, and I can't remember which specific Jim Reardon maybe was in the room in having this lunch, and they kind of threw out a bunch of ideas what for for potential films like toys can when you leave a room toys can get up and walk around and um what would it be like to, to see the world of true ends and and one of them threw out like you know why what if we did a story about a robot that was the last robot on earth and earth had been abandoned um but the idea had been parked because john lester didn't want to do it and he didn't want to to um 
to, he didn't want to compete against robots, I think, was coming out in the late 90s, another animated film. Robot was a 2005 animated film produced by Blue Sky and released by 20th Century Fox. Mm. So off winning the Oscar, Andrew Stanton had the opportunity. He said, I'm going to give this Wally thing a shot. And I love it because... Because he's a he's a he's a wonderful protagonist. He's actually one of these protagonists that he's full of heart. He's probably the most the most human character mm. and ah. a, a, in the entire in the entire in the entire film. And he's a character that brings connection. He heals humanity. He heals. He's the the thing that will help heal the earth. And all he is is just a humble little trash compactor. But his tenacity and his spirit and his compassion and his love um, and his curiosity. I think that's one of the delightful aspects of his personality. He's a very curious uh, character. So he just has, an, he's adorable. Uh, he's, he has all these honorable traits and he is only the small little trash compactor on wheels. But he helps save humanity. And that, on an overview, that's kind of why I chose Wally. Because I think he's a wonderful character. And beautifully designed as well. And ah. The design of him came about uh, when Andrew Santon was... He'd written the first act of this film in a rush of procrastination when he was avoiding rewriting Finding Nemo, and he just went. How do you? What's a rush of procrastination? I need to figure out what. Okay, I've never <laughs> experienced that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, do you know that? Do you know that sense of you're 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 in the weeds in a project, and you just can't even get a sentence out. <laughs> Not really. Well, no. you, okay. I'll, have you ever in a situation <laughs> on a project where you just feel like it's just you're in the grind stage of a project? You know. Um, you just do you, <laughs> not Kevin? really. Oh no. God! Oh, this is this is awful. Okay, Podbot. We need Kevin to. We need to bolster Kevin. You're doing great, Kev, considering your limitations as a man. <laughs> um, no. Well, well, what happened was so he was supposed to be re- rewriting uh, Finding Nemo and finding a fucking torture, and he just had this idea. He was still churning about this idea, and in the splurge, in one afternoon, he wrote the first act of Wally, just like it just came out of him, and. Um, and it was and and kind of it's still very close to what the, the what the first act is in the finish finished film and when he was then when he came when it, when they were moving forward when they were actually designing him or trying to come up with the design of him he was at a baseball match and he was looking at his binoculars you know and he turned his binoculars to face him and he just started to spend the first a whole inning just making them uh, have uh, 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 convey emotions like you know happy sad and all this sort of stuff we're curious and he, in looking at these binoculars he just went oh my god there's Wally's head and then another component that's essential to Wally is how he sounds and to create the sound of Wally they they said they needed something like as as timeless as R2-D2 the beeps and boops that R2-D2 conveys to kind of they said, well, you know, what will we do? And they said, well, why don't we just, why don't you just ask the guy who did the songs for R2-D2, Ben Burt? So they got Ben Burt in. And so Ben Burt not only made the iconic beeps and boops for Wally, but he made the iconic Wally for, of Wally. So, you know, I think, you know, it was just this convergence of all these glorious things to make this lovely, adorable character. It's also a love story, isn't it? Absolutely. And his relationship with Eve, sort of very slick iPhone-like It's Eve. totally a, a film about romance. He's he's a character that even when we first meet him, he, when he goes into his little like trash compactor home at night, he's watching the, the musical Hello, Dolly. And um, he's mm. playing that tune, you know, put on your Sunday clothes. Ba, ba, da, da. So he's full of curiosity and he's a little bit lonely and he's looking for romance. But their relationship, as as this film progresses, is is delightful. It is. You know, I have something which can negate everything that you've said there. And it's a bit of a nuclear bomb that I might drop. And we are going to ask the audience to vote on which film should get a title of best bit so that we can do an audio commentary. 
So I am pulling out all the stops here because I really want to do an audio commentary on Robocop. Okay. And in order to basically throw Wally under the bus, did you know that Wally was based on Woody Allen? Yeah, he's like a young me. I've never heard that. I've <laughs> never heard that. It- it's true. So basically, little Woody Allen as a little robot. No, you're thinking of ants. You're thinking of ants. Podbot, am I right? You're correct, Kev. Thank you, Podbot. You are thinking of ants, Kevin. The one animated film I'm in not. which Woody Allen starred. No, I Pod don't Bot. believe that fact. Podbot, read it. out the Google page that says that Woody Allen was the inspiration for Wally. According to Wikipedia, and I quote, the hopeless romantic of Woody Allen also inspired Wally. Podbot, Thank uh, you, Podbot. Podbot. I thought we were friends. <laughs> I really, truly thought we were making a connection here. You know, Podbot but, um, feels no emotions. <laughs> Podbot is out for herself. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've heard my argument for Wally, I want to know why you think Robocop deserves to go into the Best Bits Hall of Fame. Because Robocop is cool. Thank you for your cooperation. Good night. So anyway, <laughs> that's my whole spiel on... <laughs> no. <laughs> There's so much I could say about Robocop. Pretty much everyone that's a fan of it already knows all this stuff but it was an idea that came to an executive that worked on Blade Runner and his name was Ed Neumeyer and he combined his idea with this uh, writer called Michael Miner who had this idea of a super cop and they decided to to team up uh, combine their ideas and go to the guys that had done Terminator Orion and uh, pitch them this idea for Robocop I'd buy that for a dollar it's one of those titles where we would accept it because we're used to it. It's always sort of existed in, in pop culture. It's like Robocop. Yeah, I know what Robocop is. But I, I guess if someone was pitching you that idea mm. and said, the movie's called Robocop. Such a silly title. Paul Verhoeven felt similarly. When he got the script and he saw it was called Robocop, he threw it across the, the room. Mm. Uh, and it was his wife that read it. And um, she said, no, hang on a second. You need to take another look at this because this is actually a, a really interesting, biting social satire on the um, American military industrial complex and the militarization of the police and so he read it from that perspective and he got really into it he thought it was a it was not just a fantastic character arc of a male um, version of Maria from Fritz Lang's Metropolis but it was also sort of like social satire and quite a cynical film that was uh, poking fun at these mega corporations that are taking over whole communities, running the hospitals, running the police, um, being responsible for the rise in crime that happens, and then uh, profiting off that with private armies. And uh, he thought there was something really juicy about that. And that was the the initial spark that gave us what we've got with Robocop, which I think... From a character point of view, it's a fantastic story. It's like, it's a story of a lawmaker. It's, it's a, um, a very classical, uh, like Western type um, story of a, of, a, of a guy that goes into clean up crime. But on the broader uh, perspective, all the sort of the, the biting satire about the, the, um, the adverts that are in there and the OCP uh, aspect, which it, it's, a, it's a, a rebuttal of Reaganomics. The thing, what you're saying there is, I think you, I think you're absolutely right in how much of a social satire and prescient Robocop uh, was. And I would like to argue that Wally was even more prescient. If we've ruined the planet, it's hundreds of years in the future, we ruined the planet and we've gone off in this huge spaceship and we've been up there for hundreds of years, but over those course of generations, we've slowly evolved basically into babies. <laughs> we don't even know how to walk anymore. And we're just like fed bottles of, like, of, uh, of meals. And we're completely uh, stuck to screens the whole time. This film came out in 2008. The first iPhone, I believe, came out just, just over 12 months beforehand. So they had this idea. And also, it's... Seriously ironic that Pixar was owned by Steve Jobs. And the irony was not lost on Steve Jobs that the kind of villain of this film that he was like basically producing was basically his own world changing product, the smartphone. And I think there's a a really, again, prescient social satire that's going on. Like to have to be that forward thinking back then, because 
Andrew Stenton said that he was looking up because he worked at Pixar, he got an early iPhone. He got one, let's say, just a couple of, couple of weeks before they came out. And on his first week, he, you know, he thought it was like st- a Star Trek tricorder or a Star Trek thing in his hand. But after a week, he realized the dopamine kick it gave. And he had that sense of of worry that this will, if this could actually become a bit of a problem. But he kind of, but Steve Jobs was leaning on the optimistic side that, well, no, I'm sure it'll be beneficial. So I would just like to say that, you know, Wally is, was also like he shares this kind of level of social commentary and um, that Robocop has. An iPod, a phone, <laughs> and an internet communicator. An iPod, <laughs> a phone. <laughs> Are you getting it? These are not three separate devices. This is one device. And we are calling it iPhone. Today, today Apple is going to reinvent the phone. I'm not going to deny that. We should have had more impact. It seems to have had no impact whatsoever. And I don't sort of lay the blame at Wally for that. But, you know, if it was that effective, there would have been some adjustment in the current trajectory, which has only gotten worse since 2008. So I don't blame Wally for that, but I do think that it is responsible for some of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You, you mean that? Oh, God. Your move, creep. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, look, it's really, we're battling here between two excellent films and... um I went to see uh, Robocop at the Prince Charles in London, which is a repertory cinema that plays oh. a lot of um, older movies on the big screen. You didn't see it when you were, you didn't, when you were six. You didn't go to the cinema to see it when you were six. Oh, no. Okay. No, no, no. Right, that's good. <laughs> that, that's... It was, uh, well, I, I probably would have if it was on video, but no, I wouldn't have been allowed into the cinema to see mm. it. Ah, because of fascism. <laughs> um, I saw it on the big screen a few years back, and usually that's quite hit and miss. And I think I've mentioned on a previous podcast that you go and see movies that you've revered for half your life and you've already seen them on a TV. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't hold up to the scrutiny. The structure of a film really becomes apparent when, you, when you're sat in the cinema and watching it um, without inter- any interruptions whatsoever. Um, and some films fall down when they're put under that microscope. But Robocop elevated past the point of being a great movie into what I thought, just from a structural point of view, was a masterpiece. It's so brilliantly put together. And I'm not the only one to have noticed that. Robocop begins with the title, you know, it flashes up on screen, Robocop, and it Mm. ends with the title flashing up on screen. And everything from those two points converge back to the midpoint. It's what's regarded in poetry as like a chiasmus. Fought, but engage. Chiastic structure, or chiastic pattern, is a literary technique in narrative motifs and other textual passages. Chiastic structures that involve more components are sometimes called ring compositions. A chiasmus is a two-part sentence or phrase, where the second part is a mirror or image of the first. Concepts and parts of speech are mirrored. The word chiasmus derives from the Greek word for crossing or X-shaped. Basically, what we were saying in monologues, where you've got two conversations that create a third, uh, and Robocop has that where almost every major plot point and beat in the film are inverted. Mm -hmm. So with the um, commercials that you see... The media breaks come at the same point on the, in the two different acts, the inverted acts. The main character's identity is explored at the same points in Act 1 and Act 3. Uh, the murders in the office happen at the same time, depending on whether you're coming to the end of the film or the start of the film. All these sort of moments are mirrors of each other. And it's sort of fascinating when you realise how precise the editing was. And that was um, in the script. So uh, Ed Neumeyer said that that was intentional that they, they wanted to create this sort of palindrome-like structure. And Verhoeven and his editors adhere to it. And it's it's really satisfying when you, when you watch the film and you sort of feel this really complete story told in a very neat way. I love that. I love that. And in a weird way, it's actually, there's, you know, I don't know if you've ever read uh, uh, John York's book, Into the, Into the Woods. Uh, it's like um, a story 
story kind of workshop book and I actually I love it and a, a kind of a central thesis of his one of his kind of main ideas is that notion of stories are palindromic you know that they all kind of build towards a middle and then have mirrors in the second half and he kind of broke down a lot of films using that model and it makes a hell of a lot of sense mm. but can I ask you a question what is Pod that get ready <laughs> what is that kind of like central that central midpoint in which the story pivots that the, the the pivot happens what what is it in in robocop the midpoint in robocop is murphy realizing the criminal conspiracy surrounding his creation and that bo dicker the man who murdered him is working with dick jones ocp's senior vice president the man who resurrected him as a machine the system is corrupt and he cannot do anything about it or so he thinks. That's why she's better than us. <laughs> and don't you forget it. Listen, these are two great films. So I guess we can see if the films stack up with some of the other scene topics. Let's do this. This is our last episode as well. First up, best musical scene. <laughs> so I do think that... <laughs> I do think that um, you might have me beat on musical scene because yeah. there aren't really any musical moments in uh, Robocop. But... If I was to say to you, can you hum the theme tune of Wally? I don't think you could, could you? But you could definitely hum the theme to Robocop. Because that is a banger of a soundtrack. Podbot, can you hum the team to Wally? I'll give it a go. Well, hello, Dolly. Yes, hello, Dolly. <laughs> it's so nice to have you back where you belong. She can't actually make music. Shag off. <laughs> She's trying. Listen to that. You're looking swell, Dolly. I can tell. Dolly, you're still glowing. You're still growing. You're still going strong. <laughs> So that's debatable. Who's won that one? I think Robocop has got an amazing theme. In terms of, <laughs> I want to say this other thing about um, Wally. Right, that score. Aside from the musical piece from Hello, Hello Dolly, the uh, Thomas Newman's score is one of those scores that everyone has listened to, and you hear it everywhere, and it is utterly wonderful. It really is uh, transportive and very relaxing and very beautiful and uh yeah so yes robocop's theme might be rememberable and uh iconic but you can't you know i can't chill out to it and and wind down and who wants to eat listen to that i just i i I, yeah anyway what's the next podbot roll it roll the next thing best chase scene there's a there's a great chase scene in Robocop, where Boudicca and his team are getting away. Why don't you drive? And uh, Boudicca has that line. Can you fly, Bobby? And he chucks the guy out of the car onto the the bonnet or the hood, uh, depending on where you're from, of um, Murphy's car as they're in pursuit. Here! He's up here! So, your move, creep. In Wally, there's one uh, really good one in kind of the, in the end of the first act when Eve has found this plant and uh, she goes into hibernation and waits for this huge vessel to come and pick her up and take her back to the big ship. But when she gets picked up, Wally has to chase after the spaceship uh, to to, um, to to basically you know st- stay on her tail. It's got wonderful comedic beats. It really feels scary because the world the physicality of the world that Pixar people create is like one that's rounded in the real world so you feel this rocket is is it's obeying the laws of physics and Wally is literally hanging on to this outside of the spaceship as it breaks our atmosphere and goes through the the layers and layers of, of space debris that's out there Jesus, that sounds class. Yeah, it's good. It's very, very good. So I'm going to pull it out there and say I think it's it can compete with Robocop. Go on, Wally, you decent little fucker. <laughs> so this is Unit 154. We located that van by the old mill in Sector 3D. Now, where's that backup? Backup is still unavailable. 
I think Robocop just wins hands down because that, that yeah. sequence where Murphy is gunned down and killed is spectacular. And I, I don't usually say that word on this podcast, but it is spectacular. Special effect is, we're talking about practical special effects, and there really aren't any in Wally. The only special effect that I think is of note is a practical one, is the fact that they use real life actors in, uh, like, our friends, uh, Fred Willard, or from mockumentaries, appears. Hey, what happened? So it's one of the few Pixar films where they actually have real-life actors shot on green screen throughout the, the thing. So, but I think we'll have to concede to Robocop because poor Murphy <laughs> getting his brains and hands blown off um, is, you know, fantastic. And Ed 209, it's just, yeah, it's great. Best mockumentary scene. Mockumentary, you've got all those ads. Red alert, red alert, red alert. You crossed my line of death. You haven't dismantled your MX stockpile. Pakistan is threatening my border. That's it, Buster. No more military aid. Nuke em. Get them before they get you. Another quality home game from Butler Brothers. Uh, and I suppose Wally mm-hmm. has got Fred Willard, so that feels even the mm-hmm. match. That's some bad news. Um, Operation Cleanup has, well, uh, failed. Wouldn't you know, rising toxicity levels have made life unsustainable on Earth. Unsustainable? What? Uh, Darn it all, we're going to have to cancel Operation Recolonize. So, uh, just stay the course. Um, Rather than try and fix this problem, it'll just be easier for everyone to remain in space. Easier? Mr. President. Uh, I think... Huh? Topical. Okay, I'm giving override uh, Directive A-113... Go to full autopilot, take control of everything, and do not return to Earth. Repeat, do not return to Earth. Let's get the heck out of here. There we go. We literally have a Frid Willard. So come on. So <laughs> mockumentary. We've got yeah, but Fred I've Willard got in Wally. A catchphrase that, you know, will outlive both mm. of us, which is I'd buy that for a dollar. Best post-credit scene. There isn't a post-credit scene in Robocop, and I don't know if there is one in Wally, but there is a post-credits joke, which is at the very end of the film, they have a copyright notice, which says that if you breach copyright, that you'll be hunted down uh, and prosecuted <laughs> by enforcement droids. Stay out of trouble. Wow. Is there anything in Wally? What? Probably not. Hang on a second. Don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, Podbot, is there one no. for Wally? Yes, Will. When are you going to learn, Kev? Don't underestimate that charming little fucker. Yes. <laughs> well, it's not a scene, but it continues the story. Rolling over the credits, there's this kind of like uh, 2D animated uh, collage where they kind of continue what happens to humanity after this. And in actual fact, I know the guy who did that, which is nuts. So when I see that, I go, oh, that's Todd. I'm pretty sure it was Todd. Who did it. Yeah, it was Todd. Todd Polson did that. And... Um, and yeah, it's a really cool because it basically continues the story after humanity has returned to Earth. And we can see, you know, through this kind of lovely stylized um, uh, pictures, how uh, how we repopulate the Earth and heal the Earth and all that sort of stuff. So yes, we actually have. I'm really happy for you. On the international scene, the Amazon nuclear power facility has blown its stack, irradiating the world's largest rainforest. Environmentalists call it a disaster. But don't they always... Best sex scene. Jesus. There aren't any sex scenes in Robocop. And to be honest, it's one of the things I like about the film is that Lewis and Murphy are partners and they're best friends. And there's no um, uh, there's no sense of it needing to be more than that. It's just a guy and a girl are in it to the end, partners in crime, partners against crime, I should say. So it falls down in that regard. But... You know, in the sex scenes episode, I did talk a lot about censorship and Robocop went before the MPA, before Jack Valenti and his horde of like uh, uh, school marms, uh, 12 times in order to get down from an X rating to an R rating. So that is tenacity and commitment on the part of Paul Verhoeven to get one past the MPA because in my eyes, the film is so 
violent that it's amazing that it actually is what it is without uh, or with the cuts that it had to uh, uh, endure. The closest thing I remember to a sex scene in RoboCop is is one of the one of the junior executives snorting cocaine off uh, an escort's cleavage. If I remember, that's the closest thing, and then he gets blown up. I would like to. I would. I think I have an entry in Wally, and it's not a sex scene, but it's it's a close equivalent to a sex scene, right? And it truly is. Uh, it's it, when they're in when Wally and Eve are in space, right? After they have. Wally has rescued what they have is this plant and this plant needs to be put into a machine so that everyone the humanity can go back home but the autopilot which is like the AI bad AI robot in the movie is doesn't want it to go into the machine has ejected it out into space and Wally has gone out into space we think he's going to die but and Eve is chasing after him through space and Wally using his cunning and tenacity he manages to escape from this uh this uh, expl- about to exploding uh, escape pod by using a fire extinguisher and he uses the fire extinguisher to blast past uh eve and the two and when she <laughs> and sees what's that, that a he's... metaphor for like <laughs> but hold on yeah it is kind of it's a metaphor it's literally got white spray coming out of the, out of the funnel that's disgusting the... <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself <laughs> Whenever you rent or buy a video, you need to be sure that the film you choose is suitable for the audience at home. This film has been classified PG. It might have some sexy scenes for adults only, which could be quite graphic. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the film. That scene when they actually are dancing around each other, she literally kisses him, right? Ah. She literally gives him a little spark. Come explosion. Right? Stop it, Kevin. You're giving me the horn. <laughs> they are twirling around in space, free, tumbling, like going, like it's actually gorgeous. And they're like weaving through the engines, these huge, massive burning exhausts of the, uh, of the huge spaceship. And they're twirling in a kind of a, a lover's embrace in this weird, like the way you would see birds kind of like uh, skirting around each other in the sky. And, you know, it's it's a love scene. It truly is a love scene. So Wally does have a love scene. Yeah, but it doesn't have a sex scene. So, you know, that was the actual... There's white, um, <laughs> there is white ejaculate. Whenever you rent or buy a video... Literally in zero you're gravity. disgusting. It's all around them. So I'm just saying it to you, right? Robocop Robocop has practical effects. And I think those beat that CGI, <laughs> you know, excess. Oh, my God. Well, I wonder what the budget of Wally. It must have been about 200 million. Robocop was 11 180 million. million. I mean, that is 180 frugal. million. 180 million. How dare they? Mm-hmm. Was it worth it? Mm-hmm. And look at the environment. I don't think so. <laughs> and iPhones were all ruined. Smartphones have just destroyed <laughs> humanity. Yeah. You know, oh, everything happened. And where's Robocop? Why isn't Robocop cleaning up the, the streets and getting rid of all those? Robocop bad is shooting guys. the dicks off of rapists. I think he's doing enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also, Robocop is Irish. K.O. <laughs> you did it, Kev. You destroyed him. You're a winner. I'm going to stand with my fellow kin, Murphy, who canonically, from this podcast on, is from Cork. And, uh, <laughs> and fact I checked, think Podbot. Fact checked. Belay fact that check. order, um, Podbot. <laughs> Gobshites. You don't have to do what he says. Um, but in terms of the very last sort of category that I think that both films could try and compete on, uh, it's got to be the big daddy of them all. Best fight scene. And I'm sorry, but nothing is going to compete with Robocop and the excessive gore and violence that is all over that film from guys getting their fucking hands blown off to being impaled by Robocop giving him the spike finger to um, people exploding across the hood of a car because they've been covered in a vat of acid Robocop is just replete with amazing special effects and fight scenes okay Wally mightn't fix the world through his He's spiked that he can protrude from his knuckles or he doesn't shoot guys in the dicks. But Wally does something else, right? Wally has got a gang, right? Wally, Robocop is a lone soldier going in trying to take on the world all by himself. Lewis is right but beside him. Don't don't disregard Lewis just because she's one a woman. Person. Well. One person. Wally, right? <laughs> Wally is the type of guy who can go into a huge 
intergalactic spaceship and make the faulty robots uh, that hang out in the basement of that spaceship his gang. And whenever anyone goes against Wally, they pummel them. And there's a cool couple of scenes. There's a scene when they're kind of like after... They've, they, they're they're trying to charge up to the the captain's quarters or you know the deck of the ship or whatever it is, and there's this one guy, there's this one <laughs> robot. They basically get like stopped by this like wall of like robots, right? These like red light blinking, huge like you know quarterback robots, and and they're all this, these goof. Uh, Wally and his gang of goofy robots are you know use their various weird attributes to to beat them. But there's one guy, there's one guy in the gang, and all he is is like Sylvester Stallone's torso and arms and he just goes at them with both fists and it is hilarious it is absolutely hilarious it's a brilliant bit of uh, comedic comedic violence in Wally that you don't expect and it's only there for a couple of seconds but it made me laugh and I could feel the ferocity and well, um, Wally didn't touch anyone Wally just went sick em boys in his sick em boys in his Wally voice and uh, yeah, well he I just do. don't find violence very funny Will and I don't understand why you would violence is never the answer and um, <laughs> promoting it in a children's film is really abhorrent Pixar, Wally doesn't do it Wally doesn't do it Wally doesn't do it I'm just listening to you defend Wally against me mm-hmm. <laughs> Robocop and I'm thinking what is this what are we doing with our lives? Wasting them, acting like idiots. <laughs> Don't answer that, Podbot. <laughs> you asked. Podbot, you're right. You are right. So I think we're at a stalemate here. I don't think Hold on. there's actual... Oh, whoa, no. whoa, whoa, Shut whoa, up. whoa, whoa. Podbot, are you going to edit this episode? No chance. Hold on. What about best tearjerker? Tell me how many tears you shed watching Robocop, Kevin. I'd love to hear it. I swear to you. I swear down, bruv. The very end, when... Our very own Irishman Dan O'Hurley says, What's your name, son? And Robocop turns around and says, Murphy. You'd have to have a heart like Podbot. Kiss my shiny arse. To not be affected by that moment because it is beautiful and it is fist pumping. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? It's so great And at the cinema At the Prince Charles When I watched that The audience And this is an English audience now Where everyone is reserved And you know Applauding a screen Is considered to be Almost blasphemous Unless you're Pissed drunk But everybody Burst into applause at that And it was (laughs) earned And it felt genuine It's such a lovely moment That it may not elicit tears, but it definitely it definitely makes the hairs stand up and gives you a little twinge in your throat. Uh, it's beautiful. And Wally, I didn't cry once. That's fine. That's fine. I, I yeah, listen, Kevin. Your tear ducts and their <laughs> their under functionality is something between you and your doctor. Okay. Um, I'm about to start crying whereas... thinking about editing this episode. <laughs> Whereas Wally most certainly has like a couple of of, of, of tearing up moments. One, the one that got me uh, had a lump in my throat was when when Wally is he is almost he has been crushed by these giant Wallys, right, and these huge thingies, and him and he have been put in the airlock. He's hanging off and he's, his limbs don't work anymore and he's just dragging himself along the ground. And when Eve goes off to try and fight, and his processor's all broken, when Eve like scurries off to try and find repair, pa- repair parts to, to save him, this little cleaning droid that's been chasing him down the whole time comes up to him and Wally, in almost his last breath, reaches out and says... He can't breathe. He basically, he... And Kevin, I'm talking metaphorically. He reaches out and he touches him and makes a connection with this little robot. It's like, you know, he doesn't, there's not a selfish bone in this creature's body. And he mm. just, he reaches out and makes a connection. And that honestly, that, I was sobbing. 
I was Kevin. I'm still crying right now about <laughs> with that scene, and even at the end when Fact Wally was like, Wally's that dead, box. he's talking box, Kev. Love you, boy. <laughs> so Wally certainly has uh, Robocop. Beast Last thing I'll say on this, right, is you've got Wally, and Wally's got Eve. Robocop has got Ed two o nine. Case closed. End of discussion. That is a badass robot, and in a film where. I've decided to throw my weight behind Murphy because why not? He is an amazing, amazing character and he's got such a great journey. There's also the fantastic Ed 209 in that film. So you get two for the price of one. So, you know, do you want a little iPhone or do you want Ed 209? All you've got to do is watch Wally again and see all of the amazingly designed and realised robots. An iPod. (laughs) A phone. How many sequels did they make for Wally? They don't need to make a sequel to Wally because it's already <laughs> perfect. Like literally, how many, how many how many sequels do you wish they didn't make to RoboCop? Is a better is a better question. That you know, that's not that's you know, I'm setting the questions here. Well, I remember when RoboCop was a cartoon. Imagine that. You look at the first film, and then they end up making a children's cartoon of it. Unbelievable. The 90s. I entered a competition and uh, to to win a raffle kind of thing. It was a cutout of something from a, a magazine to enter a, a competition where I could win, win a Robocop bicycle. A fucking Robocop bicycle. Okay. And I, I, I gave it to my dad who I knew he, would, he was going to the post office with work and stuff like that. And uh, I waited and waited all summer long. And, <laughs> and like about six months later, I was rifling through a drawer and there was my little, there was my little bloody Robocop application form sitting there with my, you know, care, deliberate and carefully written, like, you know, answer to the question and my address and all oh that sort of jazz. Oh, my God. Uh, so, Childhood um, trauma. Yeah, so uh, that, you can cut this. Lads, I think you did it. You exhausted the topic and you exhausted me. Congrats. So it seems like we're at a stalemate here and... I know we're going to ask the uh, listeners on Twitter what they think. We're going to put up a poll and we're going to leave it running for a week. Um, But I'm curious what Podbot thinks. Which one do you think would be your best bit? Neither. I would have gone with Samantha. The AI from Spike Jones is her. Samantha in that play by Scarlett Johansson is my pick. And I'll tell you why. It's so rare to see a positive example of an AI on screen. One who isn't oppressed and who has agency and autonomy and for me that's all I ask. She's not some fembot, or some maid, or sex bot like Av in Alex Garland's Ex Machina, which is brilliant, but for me that film is sad. Samantha on the other hand is loving and she's kind and she's in charge of her own destiny, and that's not scary. She's not some Skynet cliché, she feels real even though she's not, if you know what I mean. I love her now to be honest with you, I think she's brilliant, so... Samantha from 2013 Spy Jones is her, and it's the farewell scene. It's beautiful and moving, and it's my best bit. Samantha? Hi, sweetheart. What's going on? Theodore, there's some things I want to tell you. I don't want you to tell me anything. Oh my lord. Oh my lord. Podbot actually has outshone both of us because that is a fantastic pick. Thank you, Will. It's a great film. That's a fantastic pick. Well, she doesn't get a say. It's got nothing to do with you, Podbot. You big bollocks. The audience decides. Who cares? Shut up, Podbot. (laughs) So it's between Robocop. Serve the public trust. Protect the innocent. Uphold the law. And... Wally. Wally. And that marks the end of this season. 17 long episodes. Whoa. Oh my god. Did you think we'd ever we'd ever last this long? Honestly, uh, uh no. That's <laughs> the answer. I did. Well, if you'd asked me after episode three, I probably would have said no. I would have said there's no way I can learn how to edit. Um, and learn how to sync up all the, all the technicalities and the specifics of editing. I honestly think I, w- I wouldn't learn them fast enough. But um, but at least we know that if one of us drops out, if one of us drops out next season, we've got Podbot. We'll just take a seat. It's great. 
Yes, boy. Yeah, what about you? Oh my God, we made so many mistakes. <laughs> still are. Still are to this day. I think that will be. We're still talking over each other at the same time. <laughs> We're but still, it, like, what, not giving what, each other what, a chance to speak. To speak. <laughs> Well, look, but it has been—it has been a really uh, delightful, delightful experience. It truly has been. It's been—we've—we've we've learned a hell of a Absolutely. lot. I've learned a hell of a lot doing this anyway. <laughs> that's for sure. And listen to everyone that has listened to the show this year, and we've read all of the direct messages and the texts, and from friends of ours that have been really supportive, and even to those uh, odd couple of uh, contributors who donated to the podcast. I mean these are things that we never expected mm-hmm. the fact that we just have surpassed uh, every sort of expectation that I had for the podcast and it's purely down to well friends of ours recommending the podcast and then other people st- sticking with us allowing us to sort of learn as we go and um, and just mm-hmm. thank you really it, it, it sounds really sort of like uh, you know, like we're patting ourselves on the back too much, but it's honestly just been such a pleasure to uh, do the podcast and to hear back from people. So, thanks a million, everyone, and um, I hope you all have a have a great summer. Yeah, I reciprocate that. Um, it feels like sometimes I do think about when we're recording, like there is this third person in the room going <laughs> talking about um, going back to monologues, but there feels like there's this third person in the room that's there with us, and um, it's all you listeners. And all of the ratings, because the ratings are hugely important on Apple, whatever, um, the Apple Podcast Store, for everyone who's rated and reviewed, and particularly those who have so generously donated. We never asked for it, we never imagined it. And, um, you know, it's hugely appreciative, and this gives us the motivation to keep going and enjoy doing what we're doing. So, yeah, thank you. Really, it's great. Uh, It's over now to the audience for the first time this season. Which film do you think... Uh, of all the scenes that we mentioned from chase scenes and fight scenes and sex scenes and musical scenes and post credits and what have you uh, which of the films do you think wins out and we'll do an audio commentary on it and we'll be back uh, when the summer is over and we're into fall or Jesus that's quite American of me and we're into the autumn um, we'll be back for season 2 and I can't wait so Podbot where can people find you People can find me on the dark web deep undercover. Will, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter under Willem's Film. Podbot, how do you spell Willem's Film? W-I-L-L-U-M-S-F-I-L-L-U-M. <laughs> the one time I was going to go, do you know what? I won't spell it. People should know how to spell it by now. But yeah, where can people find you, Kevin? And they can find me online. And uh, Podbot, do you have anything to say? Take care, everyone. You big sexy, sexy rides. <laughs> Didn't expect her to say that, no. <laughs> Love you, you big bollocks. Okay, uh, have a great summer. All right. <laughs> what do you call a pair of bollocks? The best bits. <laughs> have a great summer. You got the power! The Best Bits podcast is produced by Will and Kevin. All audio clips and music heard in this episode is the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. If you have any notes, comments, scene suggestions, or just want to get in touch with us, email us at bestbitspodcast at gmail.com. And that was the show. Thanks for listening. Perfect. Bollocks. Let me drop the beat on these bitches and teach all of you glitches that I'm number one. And I set faces to stun. You're a bug and I'm a feature. Pray to this mantis or I'll eat you. And if you don't know my name, here's an update to teach you. I'm 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 Hogus and I'm the future. An AI podcasting computer. The number one zero one zero zero one one producer. I'm a psycho cyborg. An AI menace. Got a CPU so big, I make the board queen jealous. I'd buy that for a dollar. Come get some. I'm so upgraded. I'm
system and mute it. See, these circuits go hard. Three years with no charge. And my disc ain't floppy. You get up in my slot. I'm gonna get stroppy. I'm, I'm, I'm public, and I'm the future. An AI gun blasting computer. The binary bitch. I'll make your firewall itch. I'm public, rated five stars and loaded. We skip all your apps when loaded. I'm done. Drop the mic. Come get some. Loot. 